Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with The Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say in every episode, we got a great show for you. We got Tamara Bass coming on. She's doing some great things out there. Um, with a, She's an actress and she's got her own show or movie. And we're excited to talk a little bit about her story, the things she's doing, and where she sees her future going. So, Tamara, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you, Thank you so much. So how, you know, I always like to start the show out the same way. It's everybody's rough right now because of COVID. Oh, yeah. So how has COVID affected you and what you do? And what have you done to kind of maneuver through this crazy new maze? It's crazy because I think I'm one of the rare people where I'm naturally an introvert. So <laughs> being called to stay in my house doesn't like, it's like, oh, okay. The only thing that it did was it took away like my choices to like go to the movies by myself or uh, go out yes. to eat by myself. Right. So it was a little bit of an adjustment for me in that aspect. But in terms of like creativity, my sanity, I've, and I hate to say it, but I've, done okay for the most part. I mean, I've had moments where I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. unlike some of my extremely e extroverted friends, like <laughs> I've been able to be like, okay, this is a moment. I have a few people in my bubble. So I'm like, hey, can we please just go for a walk? And then once yeah. the walk is done, I'm like, okay, I can go back home now. I'm good. I needed that recharge. But um, creatively, it's just forced me to sit still, really hone yeah. in on what it is that I want to do and what it is that I want to accomplish and what it is that I want to put into the world. It's just made yeah. me be mm -hmm. a little more purposeful um, and a little more deliberate in everything that I say and do, because I realize like this is all none of this is guaranteed. So. Mm -hmm. Right. This last year hasn't taught us anything. It's that all we have is this moment. So what do I want to do with this moment? So. Yeah, we definitely know that, you know, about nothing's guaranteed. We had a friend of ours yesterday that we interviewed her. And she's a sync rising country star. Yes. And really good twice. friend of ours. And, mm -hmm. you know, she's done some great things out there. And we wake up and she's no longer here because of a car accident. Oh, my God. And you just... And, yeah. you, and it really so puts sad. things in perspective. Like, you know, yeah, I know COVID has a lot of deaths, but you know, when it comes close to you, then it's like, wow, you know, you know, being, she was 33 and two kids and all that. And we're just sitting there like, man, you know, life really is short. It's really, I mean, I, unfortunately I lost a niece about six and a half years ago. Um, oh. She was nine years old, perfectly healthy. Perfectly, you know, she went in for a routine surgery that, you know, went to get her adenoids taken oh, okay. out. Like yeah. every kid, you know, goes through it. Mm -hmm. You think you're going to have some ice cream and everything will be fine. Right, right. Um, come to find out the doctor nicked an artery during oh, her surgery. No. And, you know, one day she's here. You know, I'm talking to her, like trying to help her not get kicked off the school bus yeah. <laughs> every day. And the next thing she's gone. And it's not as if you have when, you know, when your kid is sick, you have mm -hmm. time to prepare, you know, when yeah. someone, okay, it's still devastating. It's, yeah. it's against the law of nature to bury your children. But when something happens so suddenly, all you can think of is all of the things that she's not going to be able to do. And no. then once you realize, okay, let me refocus my thing to think of all the things we did get to do. Yes, it was only nine years, but it was nine years well lived. So it's, but it also makes you realize that if that can happen in the blink of an eye, if she can be coloring on my parents' driveway one minute and then the next minute they're rushing her back to the hospital because she's coughing up blood uncontrollably no. life is life is a span of a moment so yes. i'm like we have yeah. to be deliberate in everything mm. we do we have to make sure that the people around us know we love them mm. that we mm -hmm. don't take people for granted we don't take situations for granted we don't take circumstances for granted. That's why a long time ago, I promised myself that I would stop chasing happiness and chase mm -hmm. joy 
because happiness is fleeting. Happiness is determined by circumstances. Yes, whereas joy, it's like, okay, even if everything is crumbling around me, there's a joy that resides inside of me that I'm like, okay, I can see tomorrow. I can see the silver lining at the end. And I want to, you know, her death was one of the things that really refocused that for me. And that's like for us, you know, we, we do a lot of driving out there. And so yes. I'm always like watching, you know, I can almost tell you who's behind me, who's on the side of me, who's, mm-hmm. who's coming up. Cause I watch every angle because again, if I didn't do that, we probably wouldn't be here. Cause so many times I've avoided really mm-hmm. bad potential car accidents because I was like, you know, you start to go go around somebody and you just had that feeling, you know, they're going to come over. I just right. know it. And I just feel like it's God saying, be careful. When be you're careful. And then all of a sudden they come over and I'm sitting there like, you know, and she's like, how did, how did you not get in the accident? You know, like one of the craziest moments that we had, I think, um, was in Charleston, South Carolina. And I was at a red light and I was trying to get really fast over here and I took off. And this other car was coming and I don't know how had to, this had to be mm-hmm. a spiritual God thing. Had oh, to be. It had to because be. she screamed. We all, we both knew that I thought was going to hit the rear end on my side. I even it screamed was, at the moment. I thought it was going to hit. The car was, come, was coming much. so fast. Mm-hmm. There was no oh, way wow. for us to get out the way. There was just no way. But yet we, it didn't, all of a sudden she was like, um, it didn't it hit. Didn't hit. And, and I mean, it was that close. Yes. I mean, and and when we look back on it, that was actually the week that she conceived our little two-year-old. Yes, our daughter. Yes. So if it's that all like it's all the impact would have the impact would have undone that. Right. <laughs> that's so. just I mean, that's I, I credit it too. I'm like, it's nothing but God. Like there are times when you look around and you're like, How did I make it through that? And you're like, Okay, I'm destined for something more than yeah, I even realize. So I <laughs> just tend to lean into those moments. Yeah, yeah, that, that's like we're talking about the COVID thing. I remember when we launched the show January 2020, a couple months before COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. Our original plan with this show was to do a hundred interviews our first year. We thought if we could do that, it would be a great we show, like, wow, a great foundation. Shows, and we yeah. thought that was pushing it. We did. We and did. COVID <laughs> happens, and mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, okay, the world is slowing down. We're yes, online. Yes. This mm-hmm. could be our time to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that you know. Sometimes people might get upset when I say that, but it was. You know, we th- I couldn't change COVID. There was nothing we could. We do could just find that situation. silver line there, and because of that, we just went full mm-hmm. force, and we did over three hundred interviews last year because of that. Wow! But so it's COVID just, kind of built the foundation for this show. That's how yeah. I look at. It. Like I came out of COVID. So when I when COVID, when when la- the top of last year started, I didn't know what was going to happen. Career was like, okay, I had this movie in a can. When's it going to come out? How are we going to sell it? Am I going to get another job? Because you know, unlike what the media likes to perpetuate, most people in Hollywood are not rich. We're not. We're creatives. We're our livelihood depends mm-hmm. on the whim of someone else. I always say yeah, you're like, not Brad Pitt. No, and it's the <laughs> only profession where I always tell people you go you go to law school, you graduate mm-hmm. law school, you pass the bar, you're a lawyer. You right. go to med school, you mm-hmm. go you graduate, you pass your boards, you're a doctor. This is the only career where I can go to school, I can study, and then I still have to ask permission from someone to be. Can I audition for this so that I can get this job? Can I meet for this so that I can potentially direct this? No other career has that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like you go to school, you graduate, you do what you do, you're that job. So everyone, I think there is this misperception that in Hollywood, everyone is Brad Pitt or everyone is Angelina <laughs> Jolie, where it's, yes. no, that's their, that's the very rare percentage. So everyone <laughs> else, we're like, okay, so you mean we can't go to work? We can't even audition? Like the whole world mm. shifted. So the mm. top of last mm. year, I was like, okay, God, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, rent is due. Like, I don't have a job. <laughs> what's happening here? And then COVID hit. And I was like, so now there's no, not only do I not have a job, 
I have no potential for a job. Like it was, it was, I was right, I was up for a job right before COVID hit and then everything shut down. So it was actually, I ended up getting it. But during that time, we, you know, it was like, okay, we have no choice but to be at home. Let's focus on trying to get, if not now, when sold. Mm-hmm. That started mm-hmm. to happen. And then they started to figure out these protocols for us to go back to work. So the job that had stopped right before COVID comes back around to me and they're like, would you be willing to come to Atlanta and direct Don't Waste Your oh, Pretty? Wow. I'm like, mm-hmm. come out of COVID and I got a job and I leave my couch? <laughs> um, sure. And and because I've been sitting on my couch. And you're Georgia, lucky it's Georgia because see, we're, we're in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's always, Georgia pretty much didn't close. It was it was weird. And my family is in a lot of my family's in Atlanta. So I was like, okay, I can I can do this. Yeah, I can I can do this. So I came out of COVID. I had to subject myself to like so many COVID tests <laughs> doing the production. I was like, oh God, if you say okay, just go ahead, stick the thing up my nose, go ahead. But then mm-hmm. I come out of come from directing that. Then I get another job where I'm writing something and I get to write it for a friend of mine and I go up to Canada to shoot that. And sorry, but two weeks of quarantine in Canada is no joke. Like you literally cannot leave your hotel room for two weeks. Like you have to stay. No one can visit you. No one can. It's literally you in this room. Day seven, I had a mental breakdown. I was like, I'm not built for this. I'm going to... I'm going to go crazy. But it was like through all of, through COVID really, I got to sit down and in focus. And now, you know, um, our movie came out at the top of the year. So people were at home. So they got to see it. And then oh, wow. Don't Waste Your Pretty came out a few weeks ago. And now it looks like I'm about to go back to Georgia and <laughs> do uh, do another project. So it's like, as much as COVID has mm-hmm. disrupted everything, it's also refocused and changed the way in which we operate and it changed the way in which we we deal with the world and deal with people. And I made a promise to myself. I was like, I only want to work with people I enjoy. I don't want it to be a stressful situation anymore. Like life is too short to, to no. go to work miserable mm-hmm. and crying every day. So, yeah. And, and you know, you know, Georgia, I guess it's great as Georgia because, you know, I've got friends in all these other states and and a bunch of people we bring on from California mm-hmm. and they're just shut completely down. And oh, been we're that shut. Way. And, 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 and when we tell them that we go to church every week and all that, and they're like, what? <laughs> no, every, we just, um, I'm in L.A. County, so it was just yesterday that they, um, reopened our um, movie theaters. So it was, I mean, granted it's 25% capacity, but I'm like, oh, I can go to the movies. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. they reopen, they're starting to like slowly reopen indoor dining. Um, but I still prefer to be outside dining just because yeah. every, I'm, I'm a stickler for the protocols, but mm-hmm. I also don't know how other people are. And we have a yes. lot of, um, I'm also really close to Orange County, who we uh, are. Orange County does not belong in the rest of the state of California. It's its own entity. But they're, you know, they're the ones who are like, we don't want the mask and we're not going to do this. Wow. And then they were also the first county to like lose all their hospital beds. So it was, mm-hmm. we had a lot and we have a lot of people in this state. I mean, we have a lot of people in LA County. People don't realize like LA County has more people in it than some states in the United States in the totality is getting there because I think the last I heard is like 6 million people in Atlanta now. Yeah. We have like 10, 10 million. And I'm like, I think that's more than the state of Montana actually had like, so it was, it was different trying to get things under control here and being patient. And what this pandemic has shown me is the utter selfishness of people and the utter selfishness and self-centeredness of America. Like we could have had this under control last year, but people didn't want to listen and people only cared about themselves. I personally am not 
scared. I wasn't scared of COVID for myself. I'm like, you know what? I'm a relatively healthy person. Right. I feel like I could recover from it, but I'm caring about my elderly neighbor or my grandmother right. who I can't visit because what if I bring something to her health house mm -hmm. and she won't recover from that? So it's yes. it's showing you that people how people think and how people, what they look at. And I'm like, don't, and don't come at me preaching, well, God wants this and God, God also told us to love each other. So if you can't take two minutes to go on a mask while you run into Target, you get to take it back off when you get out of Target. You get to- Yeah, because yeah, that's how we do it. You know, if we're outside, we don't wear a mask, but if we go indoors- in any place inside, we're going to put the mask on. Right, and what's like, bad is, that, you know, you, you got both extremes because I, we've been called selfish because we won't wear a mask when we're outdoors. And then we've been called a sheep because we will wear a mask indoors. So we're getting it from both sides because again, I have really bad uh, breathing problems. There's mm -hmm. no way I can wear a mask outside. And, right. and, yeah. and in Georgia, you know how hot it gets. You know, I, yes. I would die. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have a problem wearing a mask inside. I, but I, we yeah, do. We have you know? And it's like you go if we get close to people. Right. Yeah, and it's that's how it should be. Like it's 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 not. It, yes, it's a it's a minor inconvenience. Yeah, it's a but I look minor. at like my my mom has lupus. My oh, yeah. grandmother has sarcoidosis. So if I oh, if, yeah. if any of us bring that to them, how do I justify? I didn't wear a mask because I it wasn't convenient for me. Yeah, someone exactly. gave me COVID. Now I gave it to her, and they're dead. Like I I can't live with that. So yeah. same I mean, here. It's it's re helped me reevaluate my priorities and reevaluate what's what and who are important to me. Yeah, because so. Facebook really shows you who you can trust. But it's crazy because <laughs> I don't even have Facebook. And the stuff that some of my friends say are like on that, I'm like, thank you, God, for not like I'm so happy I don't deal with Facebook because I can't I don't deal with the conspiracy theories. I don't deal right. with people who don't know how to use the intellect that God gave them. Like mm -hmm. it's not that hard to pick up a book and read. It's not that difficult to like research for yourself. I don't it's crazy. So yeah, I stay away from all of that. Especially during the political cycle, I was like, "Look, let me just." And it's about to start back up in January. Oh, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's like, can't we get two year break here? I mean, let, yeah. let's right. make let's make all elections four years. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just watch my true crime and I just zone out. I feel like what this, what COVID has done is I feel like I could commit the perfect murder now <laughs> because I've watched all the forensic files. I've listened to all the true yes. crime podcasts. I've seen every episode of Law and Order and Special Victims Unit. Oh, so I'm like, I can commit mm -hmm. the perfect crime because I've been studying for the last year. That's yes. funny. So. You know, a lot of people would ask, um, when did you know you wanted to act? But I like to go deeper than that. When did it click that this could actually be a career? Ooh, I, it's twofold. I knew I wanted to do this when I was a child and I knew since I was six and I wow. knew watching the Cosby show and I was like, oh, I oh, want to cool. do that. So I knew early on it was a career possibility, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize it could be a career possibility for someone like me until I got, I would say in my teenage years, um, not that I ever doubted that I was talented enough, but it was yeah. just, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up with a single mom in upstate New York who we didn't grow up very wealthy, <laughs> you know, we didn't grow up my mom was young. She didn't know much about like the entertainment industry. I remember being like, can we, can we move closer to New York City so I can go <laughs> audition? And she's like, um, I can't afford to buy you an agent. Like she didn't understand the industry. So I didn't think it was a possibility for me 
until I got a little older and I started to learn more. And obviously this is pre-internet. This is pre, yeah. Yeah. you oh, yeah. know, mm-hmm. Google, where I could just Google. Because it's answers. been a game changer for people. It, has. it was, oh my God, the internet was everything. So I had to like dig into it. And I started talking to men, you know, started finding mentors in my community who were doing like community theater. And then I was like, oh, okay. oh there are all of these avenues in. And so I was about 15 or 16 and I was like, oh, this is this is what I want to do. Oh, wow. And this is how I'm gonna do it. So I ended up going to college in Los Angeles. Um and I jumped into it there. But even then I was still like, okay, all right, this is harder than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> like it's not, it's not like school where you study, you do good, you get an A. It's here. It's like mm-hmm. I study, I do really well in audition, and I didn't get it because I'm not tall enough or I'm not this enough. Like it had nothing to do with what you do in the room. So it was like yeah. an adjustment. Mm-hmm. You could be the most talented, but that doesn't matter if it's not. Doesn't matter if yeah. it does not matter if you don't fit what their idea is. So I I would say yeah, about fifteen or sixteen is when I knew like this is for me. And I've tried, what's crazy is I always, I remember watching Sister Act 2 when I was younger. (laughs) And to paraphrase, Whoopi Goldberg says to um, Lauren Hill's character, she's like, if it's the first thing you think of when you wake up and it's nothing else you can think of, then that's what you're meant to do. And that's how we feel about this show. I knew then I was like, this is all. And every time, even as a kid, every time you would ask me like, what is it you want to do? It was always like, I want to be an actress and this. It was always paired with something. And then Mm -hmm. I tried to walk away. I tried to, and I'm, I'm really, really smart and really good at math. So I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, do this bookkeeping thing. And I'm maybe gonna go to law school. Like I can do. And every time I would try, God would bring me back over here. Like, I know it's tough for you. And he would give me these winks along the way. Like, I know it's tough. I know it's a hard thing. But I promise you, if you hold on, I got you. So I, you know, was going to therapy one day in New York City. And I had moved there. I had packed my stuff up. I moved to New York. I was like, screw this. I'm done. <laughs> and I came out back to LA to visit and I was walking to therapy one day and I was like, oh, it's time to move back to LA. And it was like this whole weight lifted off of my shoulder and God was like, good, you've done the healing. You've done all that you needed to do to come back. So yes, let's go back. And I had a long talk with one of my best friends and she was like, you know, when you come back, do things differently. And that's when I started to like, take control and stop asking for permission. I started to create more and lean into my creations and trust that God, I wasn't meant just to audition for things. I wasn't meant to just like beg someone for a job. I was meant to create opportunities for other people. I was meant to use all of the talents that he gave me and not just one. And once I leaned into that, things just started shifting. And And I love that. And, you know, this perfect lead in for where I want this to go now, you know, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a, you know, of a Brad Pitt, of a Blake Shelton, mm-hmm. of all the top artists mm-hmm. and actors out there. They don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their levels, but even a career level in entertainment. Yes. And nobody really talks about this side of it. But I always want to talk about this because I think mm-hmm. it's one of the most important things. And I'm going to tell a quick story that kind of helped where I want this to go. Um, and this will be an, a musical story, but it okay. goes perfect for actors and actresses too. But we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in um, 2015. And I remember asking Allison what advice she'd given up and coming artists. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and keep this as a hop. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everything, mm-hmm. has, your whole life changes. She goes, everybody kind of owns a piece of you, whether you like it or not. Your mm-hmm. friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, the weekends, the holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, especially yeah. at the beginning of this type of creative career, 
you you ha almost have to say no to everything so that you can say yes to everything that has to do with your career. Mm -hmm. It's not like a doctor. It's not like a lawyer. The creative career, you're a twenty four seven. That you you know, mm -hmm. you, somebody could call you at midnight and you and say, hey, you've got a gig that next morning, or you've got a, an audition at six a.m. You're going to have to be there, won't you? You know, yep. so you have to do that, and you have to do things that normally most people won't do. But then she added, but you know, even, and even your family has to sacrifice. They have to kick you out the door um, mm -hmm. and say, well, I'm willing to share you with the world. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do yep. you think about what she said? Let's talk about that side of it. That's my, that's the exact same thing. I always say when people ask me, like, what would you advice you can give? I always say, if you, if you see yourself doing anything else, <laughs> do it because it is, it's a lot of, it's not only, that's not only the personal sacrifices that we make, you know, saying, no, I can't, or saying yes. And then saying, okay, about that trip that I knew I said I would take, I got a gig and I got to cancel. It's, it's being okay with people not being okay with what you do, because there's a lot of that too. It's a lot of people who say, oh yeah, I understand. I get it. I support you. But the moment that they're faced with it, all of a sudden they no longer get it or they no longer support you. And you have to be willing to say, that's fine. I guess I'm going to traverse this world by myself. Um, and another thing I like to add to that is be prepared for all of the no's because that's what no one tells you. You know, you look at the glory and you see, you know, you see the shiny awards, but they don't talk about all of the no's that it took to get there. And don't sacrifice your integrity to get the yes. Because that's, I've had, you know, instances where things were thrown at me and they were like, well, if you do this, then this could happen. Mm -hmm. But the mm -hmm. thing is, I have to live with Tamara. I have yeah. to live with the woman staring back at me in the mirror. So i rather say no and then eat top ramen <laughs> than say yes. And then a piece of me is sold to the devil for lack of a better word because That's funny I'm say that. trying to get to a yes. So mm -hmm. there are a lot, I mean, there are, you're going to hear no way more than you hear. Yes. It's funny so, you say that. Cause I remember recently I had somebody and I don't know if he's a friend, ex friend. Now we kind of lost communication now. Um, but I remember I had, he, he's big into the TV world and all that. Mm -hmm. And he believes in the show that we're doing. And I remember him telling me on the phone, we were talking, I remember him saying, look, I can get you where you want to go. Um, mm -hmm. He says, you might not like some of my ideas, but before we even move forward, you have to say yes to anything I say. Well, I, I can't. And I'm sitting there like, who knows what might be on his mind? Yeah, it could well, that would compromise us as a because yep. we, you know, we even bring our nine year old on the show. We, we, we do. Bring, you we know, we are a family right. show. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, I, you know, I'm like, unless you can tell me I yeah, first and mm -hmm. give me the permission to say no, mm -hmm. then um, and he says, well, we don't need to move forward. I said, okay, we won't. And you know, yeah, because yeah. I, again, our show is growing, right? And I would rather it grow grassroots and slower than to go shoot to the top and, like you said, not be authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you look up and you're like, "What did I do? Who am I?" And it took me a lot of years to get to a place where I can genuinely say, "I love me," and I like me. I mm -hmm. like the woman I have become. I'm not going to sacrifice any of that for a paycheck or for yeah. a right. career elevation because it doesn't matter. If I get to the top and I no longer like me, then what was all of the work that I've done previously? What was all of the healing that I've had to do, you know, through traumatic experiences to get here if I was just going to throw that away? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And no, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. And so I think that if people that are coming into this understand those things and understand like 
that it's not always going to be easy. And you may look over and see your friend's career blow up before yours does. <laughs> That's okay. Everyone yeah. has their own race and everyone has their own journey. And God gave you your life and he gave it to you and you alone. Yeah. So it's not meant for everyone to understand your path. It's not meant for everyone to even agree with the things that you do. But as long as you are in agreement with what God has laid out for you, then the rest falls to the wayside. And it might take me a little longer. It might not be overnight like the myths that they want you to pretend like everything was like, oh, I had one audition and my life changed forever. No, <laughs> nice try. I like the, I like the, the story behind it, but that's not the reality of it. So mm -hmm. as long as you're okay with that, then Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. I'm not one to ever deny what someone believes God called them to do. Um, yeah. Even if no one else gets it. If if that's what you you're if that's what God has spoken to you to do, then do it. So because you know, we felt, you know, we've lived this crazy marriage where, you know, we we, we met online in 02, February of 02, back when it was taboo. Yeah. You know, now everybody meets online, but back yeah, everybody's like, oh, I swipe my it's there. <laughs> yeah, back then it was taboo, but we met February 2nd. We talked on the phone for the first time February 4th. We set a wedding date February 18th, and then we met in person March 4th. So we actually was meeting in person to see who we were going to marry, but we just knew this was a God thing. Yeah. Nobody believed us. Everybody put us down. Then we had this I, crazy utopia marriage idea that we would live this 24-7 marriage. And everybody called me stupid, called me names, called me controlling. You know that, but that was one of my deal breakers. What's if, a 20, uh, I don't understand what's a twenty. Being together all the time. Oh, okay. Working together. So yeah, we do. I wanted to. I wanted pretty, pretty to marry a wife that we could build a mm -hmm. legacy together. Not okay. where she works sixty hours a week mm -hmm. somewhere. I work sixty. It's like I got married to marry her, to be with her. And I just had this idea of that. And, you know, 18 years of marriage now, we've been pretty much a 24-7 couple for the the whole 18 years of our marriage. Wow. And we've been put down for that. We've been called unhealthy for that. You know, mm -hmm. in fact, you know, and she's come out of her shell a lot when we first married because when we, uh, I remember we went to some business events here in Savannah yes. and she would make me say our name. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stand up and say my name. And so I would have. We, we would stand up, and I would say, yeah. "We are Chris and Sandy Benton with you know with whatever we were with." Yeah, I time. was like, "I'm not talking." <laughs> and now it's part of a show. Yes, it's been a crazy journey. I mean, I always say like, everyone has this this opinion of what mm. your life should be like, <laughs> and oh, at the end of the day, it's not their life. It's it's yours and and it's okay if you're okay with like the big thing I had to do get to was being okay with people not liking what I do um, mm -hmm. or like liking the choices I've made. They're my choices. I'm the only one that has to answer to them at the end of the day. Whether yeah. or not you like it, whether or not you agree with it, that's on you. They're still my choices. They're still mm -hmm. at the end of the day when I'm. 99, because when I was a kid, I used to be like, God, please let me live to be 99. When I'm 99 and I finally meet God, I want him to, I want to be able to say to him, I used everything you gave me. I left nothing on the floor. Like it's, it's all, it's all used. I lived the full life. Whether or not my mom gets it, my dad gets it, my bonus parents gets it, whether or not my grandmother, my siblings, it doesn't matter to me. These are my choices and as long as my choices are not infringing upon your life in your lifestyle yeah. and don't directly yeah. affect you then mm -hmm. it shouldn't matter yeah i'm okay with me and it's taking a really long time to get there and i remember going to therapy one day and my therapist was like so you have a very strong sense of self and I was like, well, yeah, you know what? Most people come to therapy. I'm like, head in a curve. Let's go. I got other stuff to deal with. Like, that ain't it. So, but it took me a long time to get there. Like, I was very, you know, I was not muted in the sense I was never a quiet child, but I was muted in terms of my feelings. Like, yeah. I was the I'm okay person. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm fine. 
it took me a long time to be like, no, I'm not okay. And you know why I'm not okay? Because da 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 da. And people are like, oh wait, you went like <laughs> 180. You went from like, never talking to <laughs> right. But it came with a sense of this is. I only get we get one shot at this thing called life. We get That's one it. shot, and mm-hmm. we all have a beginning and we all have an end. Mm-hmm. I always say, what are you going to do with that dash in the middle? Yep. What, how are you going to change the world in your dash? Because if you look at it, if we get 90 years here, you know, luckily we get 90 years, 90 years in the big scheme of things, it's so Mm -hmm. small. Why am I going to waste it? Asking for someone else's validation or someone Mm -hmm. else's okay to live nah nope nope not doing it so if 24 7 marriage works for you great <laughs> it wouldn't work for me because i'm like i don't want it can you go somewhere like you have don't you got some friends go see them like like sometimes the outside world is so much for me that i need to like Quiet yeah. Everything. Yeah. Now we have our different rooms where. Oh yeah. Even though we're under the same roof all the time, many times I'm in the office oh, yeah. on the computer doing and our. I've got the two kids helping Christopher with his home. But the great thing is the way girls. we live. If I need to yeah. say something, I can just talk through the walls, and she's right. Like, hey, but where everybody yeah. else, they're split up and they can't do that. So no, I get you know, it. So even though that we're twenty four seven, we still do our certain yeah, things in the house. Things, but we're there. Yeah. But we're together still. Yeah. Like my like, it's crazy because I think a lot of people during COVID became twenty four seven marriages and they didn't plan on it. <laughs> they were oh, like, yeah. we <laughs> joked about that because we were like, um, all these people told us how unhealthy we are. They told us how wrong we were. We're for homeschooling oh, our yes. our child, mm-hmm. our eight year, our, at that that time eight year, but now he's yeah, nine. But and all this, and when COVID happened, I told Sandy, now ain't this ironic? Society, society <laughs> the world changed. The society the tried to change world. us. And, and now, now society's having to live like us. Yep. Because yeah. that's what a lot of people were like, wow, I didn't expect this. You know, everyone thought it was going to be two weeks. And then you're going back to normal. <laughs> a year later, you're like, so I'm still staring at you from across the computer. Like, it was, it was a lot for some people. Um, I'm, I'm personally single, so I don't have that. <laughs> That worry. Um, I live alone, so I'm like, this is this is fine for me. But I mean, everyone has their own thing. Like people don't understand yeah. when I say I have no desire to get married. Yeah. They're like, hey, yeah. what? And I'm like, and it's your choice. Forever, I will yeah. be your life partner. For I don't ever want to get married. And they're like, what? And I'm like, how is it so hard for you to accept my choices? But I'm automatically supposed to accept yours like it's a big it's a contradictory thing that happens a lot in society it's like oh we want what we want but we want to condemn you for wanting what you want i posted posted the other day on facebook that too and this is so true that Mm -hmm. that many people want to see you do good they just don't want to see you do better than them that is the key that is, I learned yeah, that. You good. Yes, I wish you well. They wish you well, just not but well. Not and yeah. what's so sad is I've, I've had a lot of that this last year. And it came mm-hmm. from sources that I never thought it would come from. It would come, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it's from people that I'm like, oh, this person's going to be in my life forever. Like, yeah. they want me to win because I want them to win. And yeah. then you start things start shifting for you and all of a sudden it's like wait a second I thought you were on my side oh it's okay as long as I don't eclipse you got it and it's it's an adjustment because when I love I'm an all-in love like I if I love you I always tell people like you want me on your team I'm the biggest cheerleader you will ever have I'm your biggest advocate I will be in these streets screaming your name when you are locked in a hut somewhere and have no idea. Like, I don't do it for the glory. I do it because if I love you, I want you to win. To then find out that it's not reciprocated is probably one of the most hurtful, but also the most 
invigorating thing because it's like, oh, oh, I can just clear you out of this way and make room for who's supposed to be here. Oh, that's fine. My mom told me when I was a kid, she'd be like, if you have one friend, you're lucky. And I used to be like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You're supposed to have a And she was like, you will understand when you get older. And now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, she's right. Like if I have, and granted, I have a couple more than one, but I have like a few solid group that I'm like, these people always have me. Like they they champion my wins like they're their own and mm-hmm. they vice versa. And when, I, when I'm losing, they're there to remind me of the wins. So I'm good. So if those few people that come in and show me their true colors and they exit out of my life, even if they've been in there for 15, 20 something years, I'm okay with it. It's like you weren't meant to be here. You were only meant to be here for that part of my journey. For that That's season. My journey. Yeah, that season. Yep. And, and, and you know, us like with us, you know, we were looking at where we want to move to. And we, we, you know, we love Jacksonville, Florida, but we, for, we've been going down back and forth to Jacksonville for years. We never really create oh, meaningful yes. friendships. Over 10 years. But we love the area. And about a year ago, I was telling Sandy, I was like, you know, we've got so many friends in Nashville. I wonder if God had this crazy plan for Nashville before, even though we've been praying for Florida. Right. And, yeah. and all of a sudden it was like, it clicked for us. Like, okay. Cause I, you know, I guarantee you if I drove a car right now in the middle of Nashville, we broke down, I could have somebody come help us. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, where if I did it in Savannah, I'm not sure if anybody would. So, you know, I guess I feel like Jesus, you know, in your own area, you you, you know, you, you can't do nothing outside right. of your area. You are, you know, but yeah, but in that is just some, one of the things. And so we're planning on eventually moving out to Nashville. Um, but I never imagined all these Nashville connections. I never imagined friends in Nashville, friends in L.A., friends in um, New York. I'm sitting here, this crazy show that we started, you know. It's definitely a God thing because when COVID happened, it exploded up and all these people, I mean, people like Randy Travis, Sarah Evans, um, we had the legendary actor Ed Asner come on. So all of a sudden, all these people were willing to come on our show and we're just two little ordinary couple here, uh, people, and we're just sitting there at night like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and all we can think of is like, I, I get people private message me sometimes um and say how are you getting some of these guests i'm like i don't know it's got to be god that, yeah, that's, <laughs> to be. that's all you can answer like that's usually my answer to everything too it's like all i can say is it's god like every time and i'm not it's crazy as i'm i don't go to church i'm not into organized religion i'm into a direct one-on-one connection with mm-hmm. God. However, whatever you call God is up to you. Whatever you believe is up to you. I don't judge you for having varying beliefs. That's what makes us humans. That's what makes us the ability to thrive. But my connection to God is like outer worldly. Like there, I use this example. So one day I had, I, used to suffer from panic attacks really bad um, and like debilitating and they've gotten better haven't had one in years and then maybe like two three years ago i had one out of the blue and i didn't tell anybody and i got up and i was like okay god all right let me let me look at what my triggers were and something said go for a run so i was like okay i'm gonna go for a run so i run in my neighborhood and I usually like run down this one side of the street where there was all mm-hmm. of this construction. So they were like mm-hmm. making us cross, cross the street. So I'm like, okay, cross the street, mad because I'm very much in control. I like my the way things go. So across <laughs> the street, no, nothing different, no hills on one side. It's just, it's not what I'm used to. So I cross the street and I'm running past this library and I stop. Because the outside of the library have these random like freeway signs. So it's like mm-hmm. how it's like the 95 North instead. So the freeway signs were like, relax, you're gonna be okay. Oh wow. It's gonna be fine. Oh, you're doing okay. And I was like, 
Okay, God, I hear you. So it was yeah. one of those things where it's like, I believe that God speaks to you wherever you are. And it yeah, shows does. Up in ways that sometimes if you're so stuck in the traditional, you miss the everyday signs. You miss the, like, I normally wouldn't have seen that if I weren't run on my normal side of the street, but he made it so that I had to cross the street and I had to see those things in that moment. So that's how yeah. I know, like, this is bigger than me. This is yeah. bigger than anything that I've ever imagined for my life. He has this. So if I, in those moments where things are dark, in those moments where things don't look like they're going to work out, where you might not know how your rent is going to be paid. You might not know how you're going to eat. You might not know. You might think your, your house is about to get foreclosed on because I always look, okay, I'm like, okay, God, what am I supposed to learn right here? And what are, what are you doing? Because I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. So maybe this is the time where I'm supposed to be still and let yeah. you and things always work out and you know crazy thing is we were driving yesterday and yesterday morning was when our friend her name is taylor d passed away and um we were we were in the car talking about it because it really upset us and Mm. all that we're talking about it and while we're talking about we pull behind this car and it was a realtor car and the last name was D's not with, it was with the an S and, and the yeah. first name started with a T and mm-hmm. we're sitting there thinking, okay, that maybe that was Taylor letting us know. Okay. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, yes. Because it was weird. It was a timing thing where we were talking about her and then this car representing her name a little bit. So it was really Yeah. Cool. No, I mean, that's yeah. how, like when my niece first died, when she would come out here to visit, we always went on a hike. She And there was this like particular trail that she liked to hike. I would say the first few times, at least 10 times that I went hiking, there was always a hummingbird with me. And the hummingbird would meet me at the beginning of the trail and be with me throughout the whole trail until I was done. And it happened every single time. And I was like, all right, I get it. You're trying to tell me she's okay. And now, um, like now, when every time I think of her, there'll be this random hummingbird that'll fly <laughs> by. It'll like basically say hi and keep going. And I'm like, okay, hi, Jada. How are you doing? So I I believe in those things. I believe that you know, yes. God, God sees you where you are and not where people think you should be. Like I've I've seen some of the worst people in church and i've seen some of the best people who've never stepped inside of a church mm-hmm. and who just have this this deep spirituality and connection to good that i'm like i'm gonna go where the good is i'm gonna go where the love is and whatever that looks like I see we want to never good. be that you know because we attend church all the time mm-hmm. and we we intentionally make sure that we don't become that what you just right. described yeah. you know, there's, we, we know that there's a lot of that in church you know when we go to church i go to church right. to worship god not to worship man exactly you know? and, I, and sometimes i think that's where people get the mistake as they come to church and then they have to look good smell good all this and, and you know what i'm not there for that i'm there for god right. and, and and I'm even more th- for God when I'm outside that, you know, I can be who I want to be in the church, but it's who am I when I'm outside the church? Cause that's yeah, really matters. what matters. That's what matters. And I have, what's great is I have people like people in my life who believe different spectrums and that's, you know, why I love them. They don't judge me. I don't judge them, mm-hmm. but I have a couple who are like, you know, church into the Bible. And I look at how they live outside of that. And I'm like, if I met more people like you, I might be a little more inclined to this thing. And then I have some who are, like I said, who've never gone into church. And they're like some of the best human yeah. beings I've ever encountered yeah. in my life. And I'm like, how, like, you are the embodiment of love. Like, you are the embodiment of acceptance. You are the embodiment of what I believe God has asked each and every one of us to be. And you've it's never been. Work. So it's like, it's, it's all. And like I said, I don't. I don't judge. I'm like, literally, if it works for you, it works for you. If you want to call God Buddha, if you want to call him Jehovah, if you want to call him the universe, if you don't believe in the Old Testament, only I don't, I don't, 
Don't care. Yeah. Like, I've even sat down with a few atheist people and we talk mm-hmm. and because I'll talk with anybody. I don't care who they are. You know, yeah. as long as they don't judge me for being a Christian, right. I'm not judging them for not. Exactly. And, and I remember I sat down with several telling our little marriage story and how things connected and a lot of our story. And I've had a few people that's told me, you know, I'm still an atheist, but your story almost makes me want to believe. And that's, and the thing is, it's, it's, I'm not here to convince you or change you into anything. I'm just here to live my life. And if you're inspired by what I do, or if there's something in my life that resonates with you, then amazing. My purpose is fulfilled, but it's not, you know, it's not, I don't believe that we're meant to make anyone do or say against who they are because we don't know how God has called their life. They may be atheists. That doesn't mean that I can't believe for you. Like it doesn't mean that I don't believe that God is still has his hands on you. Like I'm not atheist, but I'm, I'm like, agnostic. I'm God do the judging. That's his job. That's My, job is, That's job. My job you know, is to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because again, you know, I don't like you said, I don't know what God God is working on in that person. You know, maybe that person is gonna one day believe like we believe. But mm-hmm. God is working on them and getting there. And I come along and say, oh, you have to believe this way. And guess what? I just you, just you just destroyed everything. It's like a little kid. You can only teach them so much. And then it's like, okay, I can only teach you so much. But at the end of the day, they're going to make, you can only tell a kid the stove is hot. The stove is hot. <laughs> but if you yeah. keep harping on the stove being hot, what's the first thing they want to do? Is they want to touch the stove. They want to tell you, so it's like if you say, hey, the stove is hot and you keep it moving, you have Mm -hmm. to trust. Like, I remember my niece who is like my child. I have another one. She's my kid. My sister just happened to give birth to her, but she's my Uh So I had a a mouse in my apartment in New York. So I had a trap laid out. And she was in my, she was one. And I took her to the trap and I said, that's a no-no. Don't touch Mm -hmm. that. And she looks at me and I'm like, that's a no-no. And she goes, and we walk away from it, don't even think about it again. And then like a couple hours later, she looks at me, she goes, that's a no-no. And I'm like, that's a no-no. And she yeah. walks away from it. But it's like, that's how I look at everything in life. Like you tell somebody something, you express it to them, and then it's up to them what they do yeah. with information. It's You're not just planting the seed. You're not forcing the seed. Exactly. So. All we can do, and that's all we can do. If we're if we're a servant of God, all we can do is say what we believe without pushing on them, and yep. then let God do His job, and then we move on. You know, again, and love them, but but at the same time, still love them because I think that's that's where we've gone wrong as a country. Is is if you don't believe like me, and I'm not even talking about Christianness here. I'm talking yeah, anything, in life. It could be politics. It could be whatever. If you don't believe like me, then we can't be friends. I'm like what. I don't remember that growing up. No, I don't. You know, growing up, I remember that you would have disagreements and you would agree to disagree and then you become friends again. Yeah, it was like because at the end of the day, a lot of our beliefs stem from our own personal experiences and personal perspectives. For me to just have the audacity to think that you're going to understand or believe what I believe, not having my lived experience is ignorant. It's, mm-hmm. it's ignorant. And it's also very self-centered. Probably I be close to narcissistic. Yeah. It's narcissistic. Yeah. It's probably narcissistic. close to that because how can, you know, there's a 7 billion people on this earth. How yeah. can everybody live your life? Nobody can. So it's like, I have to, but my problem is when we don't allow that grace from other people. We're like, we want everyone to accept us and accept our way of life, but we don't allow the grace for someone else. And that's not to say, like, like you said, I can agree to disagree. Now, I won't be friends with you if your beliefs directly hinder who I am as an individual, like who yeah. I like if. I'm not going to be friends with a racist. I can't because at the end of the day, your your belief system totally stymies 
me living, not my, yeah. you know, not the way I live, but just yeah. living. Yeah. So if, yeah. you, if you believe that, then no, we're never going to meet your common ground. We're never going right. to be able to see eye to eye because you don't believe that I am worthy of living or worthy of having this. Mm -hmm. No, but if we have varying, you know, you don't believe in God, I believe in God. Okay. If you're a Republican, I'm a Democrat. We might have a little bit of issues, but it's fine. Like we can keep it moving. Yeah. We just won't talk politics. So it's mm -hmm. like there are there are certain things that that we have if we're ever going to move forward, if we're ever exactly. going to eradicate some of the mess that's happening in America, oh, yeah. we have to first acknowledge that it's there and then that's figure true. out a cohesive way to move forward because and neither side won't let that, that you, know, I, you know on my facebook page i've got close to five thousand facebook friends and i've got every time you know i've got a lot of minorities i've got a lot of women i've got a lot of men i've got a lot of i got atheists Pretty much every I've background got, you name it i've got a mixture so i see it all i see all yeah. sides because i know a lot of my friends who are conservative they only have conservative friends and ones who are who are liberals only have liberal friends i have it all so i see all this and i'm sitting there as i'm reading the threads i'm sitting there like they're they've got the same beliefs and they don't know it it's, I'm I like, say it's like it's two sides to the same coin they, they both they just don't it's like if they would just talk just talk you know and, and both sides listen like like one of my big things i've told several people is when when you look at the whole um, cop, white cop, black guy shootings, mm -hmm. right now what I think is happening is you've you've got a black guy being pulled over, mm -hmm. and he's scared to death. Oh yes, because he sees all over the media what's going on, so he's mm -hmm. scared to death. So he's shaking. You got this white cop who sees the media too. He's shaking. So you got two people that probably probably actually care about each other, but they're scared to death of each other because of what they're seeing in, through the media. Mm -hmm. So so all it takes is one small tremor, and it goes bad. Oh, because I mean, it's happened. It's happened so to me where it's like I'm pet like I'm being pulled over for something and I'm petrified. But I think mm -hmm. it goes even deeper than that. Is like. You have to, if you're not a part of this group, meaning a black person in America, you can't pretend that our fears are not real. That's no. where the yeah. issue comes from. It's, I've never committed a crime in my life. The thought of being pulled over by a cop petrifies me to no end. I mean, debilitating shakes in my car and I've done nothing wrong. Because I don't know if I'm going to make it home that night. It's a yeah. real fear. It's a real thing that happens. But the problem comes is that we, meaning the majority, don't want to acknowledge that said fear exists and the reasons why said fear exists. Like it's, there is a reason, there is a historical context in which this is shown. We can't, mm -hmm. we can't even get to the conversations and sitting down and having said conversations if we don't acknowledge that base first. And yep. I think that that's, that's what happens with a lot of issues, not just, not just that, but every issue that plays is the, the fact that if it's not your experience, you don't want to acknowledge it as such. Exactly. I, that's, that's not how it works. So, exactly. I mean, we can go on and on, yep. but <laughs> my day is a little packed. So, so, I so um, as you know, a lot of people, they see actors and actresses, but they don't see the teams behind them. And yeah. I want to talk about that side of it because a lot of people, they don't get the love that they deserve. And kind of, so if you want to take a few moments and Sandy's going to go on and get um, our nine-year-old because we bring him on during this segment. Yes. Um, but if you want to just take a few moments just to mm -hmm. tell us about the team behind you that helps you be who you are. Oh my God. I have, it's, I just had this conversation yesterday. I have an amazing team. Like I have, um, it's a small team. It's a very, very small team, but my manager he just, his name is Brian Brooks, and he just, he gets me. He, I sat down, our very first meeting, we sit down, and he ends up crying in our meeting. Like, what is normally, like, 15, 20-minute meetings, 
was a two hour meeting. Oh, wow. And, you know, we just, I, I get him, he gets me. Like there was a job that came up um, recently and I was like, I'm gonna pass. And he calls me and he's like, it's fine. The universe is gonna bring us something bigger. Don't even worry about it. Like, this is yeah. a town built on making money. And his attitude was like, we'll be fine. We'll be okay. Let's keep it moving. So between mm. him, I have a great publicist, Lisa Sass, who you know doesn't, yes, doesn't awesome. shy away from me when I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, okay. Or she's, or I'm like, I want to do this. And she's like, okay, I'm going to fight for you. And then um, I have a great attorney who recently, um, recently became my attorney and he's my, one of my closest friends, husband. Right. And he right. started yelling at me because I would, I'm like, oh, I, I signed that thing anyway. You know, Google Law School <laughs> taught me. He's like, okay, from now on, you're not allowed to do that anymore. So it's like you have this group of people who understand the bigger picture and understand where you're trying to go. And it doesn't matter like who has the biggest names and who has the smallest names. Like Terrence, my attorney, he works with himself and everyone's like, oh, he you know, doesn't have these long, but no, because <laughs> now I can pick him up, pick up the phone and say, hey, in this deal, you get or blah, 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 blah happens. And it's like, okay, I got that. You need people who get you. And as long as those, you know, people are willing to work with me, Brian, Terrence, Lisa, I'm going to work with them because it's, it's a, it's a synergy that doesn't come around very often. And speaking of teams, we have a third co-host. Okay. He always asks two questions. Okay. Hi, Tamara. Hi. So what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yes. Uh, it's, uh, I'm going to go with Thai food. Thai food is like my favorite, which is, it's, it's like a three-way tie. Thai food, Indian food, and Ethiopian food. Um, but I love, I, I love ethnic foods, anything ethnic, um, except Italian. I'm not an Italian food fan. Um, so yeah, Thai food, but I'm going to go with Thai food because that's what I had for dinner last night. <laughs> Yeah. Nice pizza. Of course it is. I don't think I've met <laughs> a kid under 10 whose favorite food isn't pizza. Right. <laughs> Loves pizza. Okay, you got one more yes. question? What's your favorite TV show? Oh, gosh. Okay, so my favorite TV... Oof. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Your parents are probably going to hate it. I watch all the TV. When I say all the TV, like it's... At one point, I think I had two DVRs in my house because I watched <laughs> that much TV. Right now, my favorite show is probably New Amsterdam, which comes on NBC um, with with Queen Sugar being a very close second. So those are my favorites. Wow. What's yours? My mine is SpongeBob. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and you know what's been pretty cool because um, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon stuff. We've been yes. able to bring people from Nickelodeon on the show. So he's oh been my able gosh. to One of my closest friends when she was a kid, she was on um, Nickelodeon for years on this oh, show wow. called Cousin Skeeter. And then I had another friend on All That. So, yeah, like it's, it's uh, Nickelodeon has been, been around for forever. Nickelodeon shaped my childhood. So, not so. shaping his. Love yeah. it. Bye, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> you know, and he loves that part because we are a family affairs show. And Sandy's yes. got going to round us out with last two questions. Yes. Okay. All right. So if you could go on vacation anywhere, where would you want to go? Right now, I would probably Bali. Um, oh, that's well. nice. I want to be, yeah. be at the water, but mm -hmm. also everyone I know who's gone to Bali has just told me like it's just this spiritual thing that you have to go to experience. So probably oh, Bali wow. right now. Oh, yeah. wow. Yes. And what would you like your legacy to be? What would you ultimately like to be known for? That I was a woman of my word. That, you know, if I said something, I did it and I believed in it and that I've helped change a little bit of the narrative on black women's stories in Hollywood, you know, normalize our existence. So that's what 
I would love my legacy. Love that. So as we come to a close here, what's next? Yeah. Next is, um, it looks like I'm going to go direct another movie. Um, oh, wow. Great. And then I'm also in the process of selling a TV show that would star myself and Deborah Joy Winans. Um, so we've just been, you know, setting up oh, meetings cool. for that and see where God takes us. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We, we did. look forward to having you back for more updates. Mm -hmm. Of course. Definitely. Oh, and in, in, on April 4th or around that time, a movie mm -hmm. I wrote for Lifetime um, oh, aired. Wow. And it's a oh, wow. beautiful story that um, it's not, it's not, no one's getting killed. Um, <laughs> it's a story about a woman's, uh, black woman's fight to adopt um, two white kids out of foster oh, care wow. system. So oh, wow. um, mm -hmm. beautifully shot up in Canada. So that's coming out in April. Oh, cool. I will definitely, we'll definitely check, check that, that out. Yeah. All right. All right. We loved having you on and we look yeah. forward to having you back. Yeah. Thank you. So great. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, thanks for your time today.